0: Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. Well, hello, my dudes and dudettes. Nick Carlisle here. Glad to be back with you. It's a pleasure for me to do these Uh, Because it's mostly for myself, if I'm being completely honest here, I do these things and I started this to reinforce tools and ideas and beliefs and concepts to myself, right? And it's the things that help me hopefully help you. That's how this was born. I struggled. A lot. I continue to do so, but in my past, I had some intense suffering and I began to solve my own problems. And as I did that, I wanted to share it with people to hopefully help them as well, but also just to reinforce it to myself so that I could start living different, so that I could change my beliefs, right? Because it's all about what we believe internally that manifests into our world and creates our reality, which leads me to what I want to talk about today. So, as a lot of you know. I am a high school teacher, soon to be previous high school teacher. But in my class, I teach a class called High Levels of Support. And that's just a fancy way to say study hall. I used to teach a computer technology class that was like graphic design and stuff like that. And then as that class got phased out, because it used to be a required class for freshmen, they didn't require it for freshmen anymore. um, I had to find a new class to teach. And I have my math credential, I have my business credential. uh, So there was numerous options. And I almost went math. I almost developed an entrepreneurial pathway um, at the high school, but I ended up in this class called High Levels of Support, which I said is basically just a study hall. It's a freshman through senior class. It's an elective, so students can sign up to take it, and there's no state curriculum for it, which is beautiful for me because it makes me more of my own boss in that atmosphere, and I like that. Um, But it's a class where it's turned into me and the students having like the first 20 minutes be a TED Talk type collaborative discussion almost where I kind of just throw out a question on Google Classroom and then we talk about it and they respond to it. And most of the stuff that I talk about with them is stuff that I also talk about on here minus the faith stuff, right? Because I don't want to cross any lines there and create drama. But I preach the gospel in there without preaching the gospel without saying the word Jesus or God. And I like to challenge them. And I like to tell them that like, look, this, I don't care about your GPA. I don't care about what school you go into. I don't care about your athletic status or whatever it is. If you have a 4.2 GPA and you are miserable, then you are doing something wrong. But if you have a 2.0 GPA and you are happy and joyful and self-aware and emotionally intelligent and you have purpose and fulfillment, I would say to you, keep doing whatever it is that you are doing. Even though you are, quote unquote, failing, it's not about the school, it's not about the report card, it's about the quality of life, right? So I try and beat that into their head and I try and teach these students philosophies that might help them and I do that just like I said, via putting up questions in Google Classroom and having them respond. So one of the questions that I have asked these classes consistently is a question that I want to ask you today because I think it has some profound implications. And that question is, out of all of the relationships that exist in your life, if you think about them, all of the relationships... Which one is most important to you? Which one is most important? Not just to you, just most important. Take some time to think about that. So, when I do this exercise with students, I then go around the class and I just call on different students' names like, hey, Sarah, what did you say? And why? And All of the responses are someone close within the student's family. So it's usually a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister. Uh, There's a lot of grandmas, a lot of grandpas, a lot of uncles, and a lot of aunts, which is super interesting. Um, But most of the students respond with something like that. It's my mom because she's just the strongest woman I know, you know, that whole narrative, which is beautiful. And I think that that's absolutely accurate as far as being extremely important. But after I go around the class and I kind of like celebrate these things and kind of affirm that, yes, these relationships are important to you and these people love you and are beautiful people and that like you need to lean into that, I tell them that they're all wrong. Every one of your answers is wrong. And, you know, they look a little bit confused, like, what are you talking about? And I think some of them think like, it's God. He's going to say God because they know I'm a Christian outside of uh, class. They might follow me on social media and stuff and they know what I'm about. But... I tell them that the most important relationship that you have is the one that is with yourself, right? The most important relationship that you have, the person listening to this podcast, is the one that you have with yourself. Why is that? It's because you are constantly with yourself. You are spending 100% of your life with yourself, Okay, but what does that mean? What does being in relationship with yourself mean? To me, this could uh, be explained in different ways, but it comes down to self-awareness or emotional intelligence, which is a phrase I mentioned earlier, or what my coach likes to call emotional adulthood. And that is, A, being aware that you are not your thoughts. Being aware that thoughts are just narratives in your mind, that populate from just your biology, right? And that these things are real in the sense that they create a feeling inside of your body, a tangible energy. Like these thoughts are real, but they are not true and they are not you. Most of us are walking around this world, identifying as our thoughts, completely absorbed in our thoughts, which are narratives, the sentences in our mind. And because our primordial impetus is to survive as a biological species, most of those thoughts are survival thoughts. And what are survival thoughts? Those are fearful thoughts, negative thinking, right? What are they thinking about me? I hope they're accepting me. I hope that this doesn't happen in the future. Why did I do that in the past? I don't want to take a chance here. I want to stay safe because if I take a chance, then I might be vulnerable. And if I'm vulnerable, then my survival is being threatened, right? So most of us have these just incessant negative thoughts that are going along all day long. And we are identifying as them. We think those are us. And that's a terrible place to be, right? Because it's negative. (laughs) No one wants to be in fearful survival-based mode all day long. That's a sympathetic state if we're talking about the nervous system. And that, I mean, we won't go down that rabbit hole. But whenever you're sympathetic, things are not going well, right? It's good to be sympathetic when a car is coming directly at you. Absolutely. Or when you're about to crash on your bike and you have to like balance yourself out or whatever, right? But being sympathetic because of what people might think about you, being in that stressed out state, that's dangerous. You can't create from there. You can't love from there. You can't be who you are from there. It's a stressful, stressful place that leads to ultimately chronic disease if we don't get a grip on it. So this self-awareness, this emotional intelligence, this emotional adulthood, the first thing to to understand with this is that you are not your thoughts, and that is exactly where this relationship with ourselves takes place, right? The relationship that we have with ourselves is basically us, the true essence of who we are, our spirit, which we touched on in the episode prior to this, but our soul, who we are, that essence of us, the relationship is that in relationship with The narratives, the thoughts, the biological kind of chemical populations that are coming up and presenting themselves as stories in our mind. There needs to be a relationship there. Those two things are not one. So when we are the observer and we are able to look at the thoughts and discern how true they are, if they are serving us, is a good way to look at it. Is this producing something I want it to produce? then that's where we create space in between the negativity, right? the incessant thinking, the stress. We create space that allows us to also create space with our emotions and our feelings. Because all of the thoughts that we think create a unique chemistry inside of the body, which is just energy which is just a feeling okay so every story that you tell yourself every narrative that is in your mind conscious and subconscious subconscious are harder to detect but they're there they're populating all of those thoughts are creating unique chemistry inside of your body that then feels like an energy could be heavy could be depressive could be uh, fearful anxious could be light could be joyful All of these different chemical reactions create these energies, these feelings, right? And so when we are able to create space in between us, the true essence of us and our thoughts, we also create space between us and our feelings. We can look at them with a little bit more of an objective eye, like what's going on here instead of being them. It's the difference between being, I am depressed. Nick, how are you? I'm depressed versus Nick, how are you? there's depression in my body. I'm doing okay, but there's depression in my body. There's a huge difference between those two statements. I am depressed versus there is depression in my body. Huge difference. The first one, you have zero control. The depression is in complete control and you have surrendered to its power and you can't do anything about it except just Hope it passes. But when you're more intentional about how you are thinking about it, when there is more space there between you and the depression, and you say things, you're able to take the belief, the mindset of, there is depression inside of my body. That allows us to manage it a little bit more. Look at it, not identify as it, but recognize it. Okay, I see you, right? So this relationship that we have with ourselves. Changes the way that we experience reality because of everything I just said. You have a roommate inside of your head, is one way to look at it. I think this is a Michael Singer. Is that his name? The Untethered Soul, I want to say, is the book. Maybe I might, it's something like that. But he talks about this idea of a roommate inside of your head. Most of us, again, are identifying as the roommate we are there there is no roommate we're just one person living in a house right or you could look at it as the roommate I live in the house with the roommate this is taking place in my mind I can observe the roommate I can see how much of a fool he acts sometimes how scared he is but I can also see how beautiful he is how he wants to help me how he's just naive and perhaps ignorant to the way things really work but that he actually has a really good heart and he cares for me deeply and that I don't have to believe everything he says I don't have to let his emotions determine my emotions right if we can create this game in our mind, it becomes much easier to manage our path and manage our journey in an emotionally stable way, right? That is the path to emotional adulthood. That is the path to emotional intelligence and self-awareness. It's being aware how your mind creates your reality. So, relationship with ourself. The most important relationship that exists. Some of you might have been pushing back or may have been thinking this entire episode, this dude's wrong. It's about God. The most important relationship that we have is with God. But here's what I would say to that. Where do we meet God? In your life, where is it that you meet God? It's in your mind. It's in your mind. In our self the only place that we meet God is in ourself. It's in our experience, in our perception of what's going on. Sure, it could be something outside like a tree where I can meet God, but that tree is communicating a narrative that then filters through my mind where I meet God. So if ourself is out of whack. If we are not in a good relationship with ourself, if we are not self-aware of what's really going on, then we are not going to be able to meet God in the way that He desires us to meet Him, right? And you could prove this with an extreme. You've seen the, the houseless people on the side of the road who are strung out big time on some heavy, heavy drugs that are completely disconnected with reality, Now God can work miracles in anything, but let's be realistic. Those people are not going to be able to meet God in the way that you and I can, because they are so. Their relationship with themselves is so distorted. They are so out of touch with reality. They are so absorbed by the psychosis of their mind that they're not going to be able to meet God because it's it's just too unhealthy of a place. I know God can work miracles. I know anything like a guy could walk up and pray over them and things could happen. I get that. But just for the sake of this, follow me. So the healthier we are, the more self-aware we are, the stronger minded we are, the more present we are, the more in tune with reality we are. The more disconnected from our sinful flesh, the biology of us, the thoughts, the negative thinking, the survival mode, the more in touch we are with the Father, with the Spirit, with the Creator God, with Jesus, with Christ who is in all and is all. That is why our relationship with ourselves is the most important in our life. Okay, so how do we cultivate that? How do we cultivate a better relationship with ourselves? You practice it. You go and be in relationship with yourself and you observe what it's like. You sit in a room by yourself every day for at least 15 to 20 minutes, I would say. Even longer if you can afford that time-wise. You go in a room, you sit down, you close your eyes, you breathe deeply and slowly, and you observe, you bring awareness to what's going on internally. Because that's where it takes place. Your relationship with yourself is internal dialogue. And you practice that. You observe it. You practice disconnecting from it over and 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 over, and over again. And the more you do that, the better you get at doing it, the better you get at disconnecting from it. I do this with my students on Mondays. We have mindfulness Mondays. And we we started with five minutes of this. We close our eyes. I put on like some trippy meditation music that they probably think is really weird, but I love it. It fires me up. We close our eyes, 30 of us, and we sit there and turn off the lights and we focus on our breath and observe our mind. And we started with five minutes and now we've worked our way up to, I think the last time we did it was 11 minutes. It's hard for these kids. But one thing that I tell them is, look because as I'm doing this, as I'm participating in this with them, I hear kids typing, even though I tell them, do not type. I hear kids opening a soda can, even though every single day I'm like, do not make any noise as we do this. Like, be respectful of the people around you. If you're not going to participate, just put your head down and sleep. But every day, there's kids who cannot follow those orders every Monday. So one of the, in my spiel every Monday that I give, I say, if you guys struggle with this, If you cannot sit here for five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes in relationship with yourself to the point where you have to get out your phone, you have to start typing, you have to pop open a soda can, you have to eat some chips, you have to whisper to your neighbor, whatever. If you cannot do this, that is a red flag, a huge red flag. If you cannot be in relationship with yourself and be at peace with yourself, there is something wrong. Your mind should be a safe place for you right? You should be able to encounter the divine, encounter the Father God in your mind and rest with him and be at peace, abiding. And if we have created a space in our mind that is unsafe, we are constantly going to be living in misery. It's going to be really hard to feel fulfilled and full of love and purpose, if that's true for us. Tom Bilyeu, who's in entrepreneur. He started Quest Nutrition and then sold it for like a billion dollars and then started um, a a legitimate billion, by the way. Uh, He started Impact Theory, which is a podcast and YouTube series that is phenomenal. His goal is to be the next Walt Disney, he likes to say, but dude is uber talented and has a ton of wisdom to share. But he said something on a podcast that I heard two weeks ago that really stuck with me and I wrote it down and it applies to this. He said, fulfillment is simply how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. Fulfillment is simply how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. I'm going to leave you all with that. Hit me up on Instagram if you want to chat more about this. Let me know if it resonates with you. Share this episode with someone if you think it could help them. That's how we grow this thing. Also, if you're interested in coaching with me, check out the website. I'm doing some one-on-one coaching space. is extremely limited, but I'm doing six-week packages. So uh, people are ending their, their packages pretty much every week right now. So I do have spaces opening up every week or so. So if you're interested in that, where we go way deep into this, you get detailed notes, you get worksheets, you get tools, you get journaling prompts. I send you my favorite pen. I send you my favorite journal. I create a uh, unique binaural beat mixed with your voice affirmations, audio track that I send you that you'll have forever that you can listen to to help program your subconscious mind. We get weird. And the package that I offer will be something that uh, will change your negative thinking. I can promise you that. And it will help you with this self-awareness. It will help you with your relationship with yourself and with others right? We didn't even touch on that here, how our relationship with yourself uh, impacts our relationship with others. But you can obviously see how those connect. But all right, I'm starting to rant. I love you all. I'm stoked to do more of these. These are just kind of off the top. And I'm not really writing them or researching them. I'm just going off top kind of like I do in my classroom. And it's fun for me. So expect more. Again, please share. I love you all. Peace. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the music heard throughout this episode. Also, a big shout out to Capital Floats, aka my favorite sensory deprivation and float tank facility in Northern California. I'm a frequent user there and the experience is always transformative to say the least. If you're interested in floating and live in Northern Cal, make sure you use promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout on their website. You'll save a whopping 40% off your first float and you will not find that deal anywhere else. Also, in regards to some of the content shared in these episodes, make sure you always consult your doctor before making any sudden diet or lifestyle changes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can find me on Instagram at nick.carlisle or send me an email nick at mylifeenchanted.com.